0: Afternoon, it's Pet Chat on Two nurfm R F M. Charlie here. We've got Cheryl Shaw and Doctor Bob in the studio, and we've got Sue from Blacksmiths. You've got a problem with your cockatiel? Yes, that's true. Um, I'm not sure how old he is. is
1: it, oh, well, I'm not sure whether it's a boy or girl either. Actually, um, he's—I think he's about sixteen months old, and it's just above his nasal passages, it's gone a bit black.
2: Black, like, r- black rather than um, honeycombed sort of look? How long have you had him? Well,
1: um, he was a friend of mine, and we've had him for about eight months. Yep. And um, it's sort of like... Oh, it's hard to... He's not, things,
2: he's not wheezing or sneezing at all? You don't hear a funny noise?
1: No, no, no. But he um, he has been scratching a lot. his back, and then he gives a little tweet. But we've sprayed him for mites. Um, and lice, because yep. I have two of them actually, an older one and a younger one. Yep. And we've sprayed him with the Arista Pet ornamental birds, the mite and lice. Yes. Um, the older one hasn't been scratching, but okay. he has, but he just seems black, oh not black, maybe like a brownie colour above his nasal passages. And um, I put paraffin oil on it yep. but a couple of times last week. Um, once a day last week, but nothing seems to be like it hasn't gone down. It seems to be getting worse.
2: Yeah, probably a good idea to get it down to your local vet just to make sure. But is a bird? Are the birds inside or outside?
1: Inside.
2: Yep. So if they're outside, they can pick up um, parasites from other birds that are nearby. Um, sparrows indian miners that sort of thing uh, if they're inside uh, there can be um, toxins there could be a, a food issue that you might not be feeding that feeding the right sort of food or this could be an indicator of a more generalized disease so probably best to get down to your local vet. trying the mite spray uh, paraffin, or the same sort of thing it cuts off the um, air supply to mites that might be around the nose or on the uh, on the on the feet, uh, around the toes and the, but usually with that there's a sort of a grey scale and a little bit sort of irritated but if a general scratching then it'd be best to get down to your local vet to get it checked.
0: Thank you for your call Sue 49216216 we're talking pet chat. Next Cheryl Shaw's going to tell us what not to feed your pets and I've already got my husband's voice in my head when we're having dinner and Gizmo comes and sits under the table next to me.
3: Ah. Yeah. He sees you as the one who will share. I'm the
0: weakest link. Until my nan came to stay with us and now he sits near her because she's even worse. Cheryl Shaw, we're not really meant to feed our animals off our plates, are we?
3: Well, it's not just you know what happens they give us that look like you were saying Sarah and when they give us that look we go oh how can you resist so you do you might just give them a little titbit, but some of those things that are really healthy for us can be so really dangerous even lethal to your dog so we're going to talk about what they are now There's a few things. Obviously, alcohol, you would know not to give that to dogs. But there are some people who think it's a bit of a joke and, you know, let their dog drink. But come on. There's a word for those people. I won't say it on the radio. And the other thing is if you are doing some home brew, just remember that those hops that you're using for home brewing are really very dangerous as well. Now, apples, fine for you to have some apple and you can give it to the dog. But just make sure no apple seeds because they are really toxic for dogs. Oh, yeah. so Didn't know that. Okay. I've already learned something. Good. Okay. Now, a few other stone fruits, you know, your apricots, your cherries, your peaches, your plums. Watch with those as well. If you're giving them, that's okay. But just don't make sure they don't get that seed because that seed is really dangerous. Apart from the toxin that's in it, they can also obstruct the bowel. So we need to be very mindful of things like that. Um, mango seeds as well. That's another thing that often dogs, you know, people will let them have a chew on it. That's really, really dangerous. Avocados. Now, while we might like our guacamole, avocados are really, really dangerous for dogs. Not just dogs. Most animals actually are affected. You know, everything you can possibly think of, from donkeys right through horses, sheep.
0: Really? Avocado. Avocados?
3: Avocados.
0: And we're not talking about the seed. We're talking we're about talking the flesh.
3: About, yeah, we're talking about the flesh, um, also the seed, The leaves and the stem of the plant they're all really so very very toxic so it's make sure that they never ever come near that Um, and it's particularly a problem for birds as well so yeah they're a real danger Obviously, there's chocolate, coffee, tea, all yeah. of those products that contain caffeine. You need to make sure that your, your dog isn't getting any of those. Um, coconut and coconut oil. This is also a problem for dogs. It causes an upset um, in their digestive system. And coconut water, you should never give this to your dog because it's high in potassium. So, again, you know, it's quite a trendy thing for us these days, coconut water, but certainly not for your dog. I know, David, and you talked recently about grapes and sultanas. Mm, yes. Yeah. Because often you know we give the children sultanas and they walk around That's and right. share. Max was sharing with the yeah. dog. Yeah. So again, this is something that we need to be careful because of the kidney failure that can affect some dogs. Um, you know, and you've got to look at fruit cake, your, your fruit mints, things like that that you often don't even relate to being sultana but you know just be very careful no raisin toast no sharing of those things at the table sarah okay Okay? yeah yep okay okay nuts macadamia nuts never share those right but there's a lot of other nuts that are quite dangerous as well your almonds your pecan your walnuts they all have high amounts of oil and fats and these can cause vomiting diarrhea and potentially pancreatitis which is quite a nasty thing for your puppy Um, The old-fashioned fruit like persimmon, that's very dangerous as well. It can obstruct the intestine. Not that a lot of people probably eat persimmons. Can't say I do. No, me either. Um, Anything in the allium family, so your onions, onion powder, garlic, um, chives, whether it's fresh, dried, um, it's powdered or cooked, it can damage the red blood cells and cause anemia. So just make sure you're not sharing those onion rings. It's really a danger. Raw eggs, they're a problem as well. They, oh. Yeah.
0: I, I'm interrupting you because yeah. I... I actually was wondering about this. I was taking a walk down at Warners Bay the other day and there was a lady that um, was giving her dog in a bowl about three raw eggs and it was lapping it up and I was wondering whether that was a good
3: thing, but no. No. Well, look, there's, you can if you cook the egg. It changes the um, consistency of the egg and, and makes it actually a, a digestible. What happens, there's an enzyme in raw eggs that um, stops the absorption of um, biotin which is a vitamin b complex so you want to make sure that you don't give it and the other thing is that they can sometimes have salmonella and e coli so it's not a great idea if you want to give the dog an egg make sure it's cooked okay yep Um, The other thing is we all like our munchies, you know, our chips and potato chips, um, popcorn, pretzels, those sort of things. Now, they're not only high in salt but also fat, so we want to avoid giving those to our dogs as well.
0: (laughs) And ourselves if we can
3: help it. (laughs) Yes, 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 it is hard. You know, one or two probably isn't so bad, but just avoid it. Um, Yeast and bread doughs, now, they're a really big problem, particularly for some dogs that are prone to bloat. So no yeast, um... And, and make sure if you are cooking something like you know, you, you, pizza or something that your dog doesn't get into it. Now xylitol, this is a common thing, it's as, as an artificial sweetener and we don't realise just how many products um, have this in them. A lot of our baking goods, so biscuits and cakes and things like that have it. Also lollies, candy, and we want to make sure that our dogs don't get it. It's also present in our toothpaste because it's a sweetener we use in our toothpaste so don't use your toothpaste on your dog. Um, It is a really dangerous thing for dogs. So, Uh, mushrooms, obviously some are very toxic, Mm -hmm. so just avoid them totally. Potatoes and tomatoes. Now... Green potatoes and green pot- tomatoes are really dangerous. Also, the shoots from those plants. So, things like, you know, the little shoots, the leaves, and the stem are all really toxic. Okay. Yeah. But there are some foods we can give to your dog. You can give carrots. So, you can share ah. some carrots, okay? I was
0: going to say that because Giz loves the crunch. So, we think it's quite funny when he eats a carrot. Yeah. Like, he loves
3: it. So, I'm glad I can yeah. continue. And they're that great one. for training as well. Mm. If you're doing puppy training, carrot, little bits of carrot are really great. Blueberries, watermelon, oh. strawberries. Banana, your sardines and your salmon—they're really great source of omegas. And yogurt, natural yogurt or some um, oh, Greek yogurt. Oh, right. Yep. Yeah, so they're a probiotic. So they're they're quite okay. So. All in all, there are some things you can share, but there's a lot that you can't. So just be mindful what you're doing.
0: That was really good, Cheryl, because Thank there was you. a lot of foods, uh, some of the foods we've heard of before, but there was a lot in there that I didn't even think of or realise. Yeah,
3: so. yeah. So, so important to keep them healthy.
0: Yes, having a laugh here because Dr. Bob is uh, just sh- showing us how cleanly he is and you're going through the mouse and
3: scraping
2: oh. all of the gungy bits off the bottom and I think because it's infrared and, the, and you don't need to clean <laughs> underneath but it's just disgusting.
0: Is that a vet thing? Because of course no, we're talking it's just part of my obsessive today. compulsive Welcome.
2: cleaning disorder. <laughs>
0: okay. I thought maybe you paid more attention to it. We've got Tony from Morpeth on the line. Hello Tony. Hello, how are you? We're well and you've got a question for Dr Bob. There's a bit of noise going on in the background there.
4: Yeah, I'm on a construction site
0: right of the minute. OK, if you can get to a pretty quiet place, that would be very helpful. And what's your question for Dr. Bob?
4: Um, I've got a, a pup. He's not quite two-year-old, and he's having trouble having his tools.
2: So when he's pooing, um, he strains too much, or...? Yeah,
4: you know, he sort of yelps and that when he's passing his... when he's going to the toilet for his number twos.
2: Yeah. Um, do you...? Is is that after he's had bones, or is it just any time? I
4: don't like giving him bones, but I just give him mints and he's got my dog biscuits and that, which he he enjoys. Yeah. But then he he has trouble passing them.
2: Okay, so there could be some, if he's only young, there could be actually some structural problems there, so it'd be good to get him checked at your local vet to make sure that um, there's not either a pocket in the, the back of the rectum or in the colon, or that there's not some malformation around the actual back passage there. So what would be good, though, is to just try some um, vegetable oil, just a quarter to a half a teaspoon just every couple of days, or a little bit of margarine instead, or instead of that, some uh, just wheat germ or bran. um,
4: Yeah. I've been putting a little bit of olive oil on his tuck up
2: Will that hurt him? No, that's fine. A little bit's good. It just helps things to work through. It gives them a bit more moisture. And just yeah. uh, the other really important thing is lots of water. So some animals, especially even though it's winter, they sit next to the heater, so they actually dry out all of their you know eyes and, and nose and mouth. And so really important, as, as Charlie has a bit of a drink there. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sorry. Well, you, you just reminded me. I need right, to stay
2: yeah. hydrated. <laughs> so it's important to have that water. So that it actually goes through in the in the last um, large colon. A lot of water is absorbed from there. So the problem is, if you haven't had a drink for very long, then it it makes it all a lot harder and not as easy to pass. So try oh, a bit right of up, yep. try a bit of bran or margarine or. Um, yeah, um, vegetable oil of some sort, but I think it'd be best to get him checked because there are some problems back there that can happen in particular breed types as well. Right out. Thanks, Tony. Try Have a good know, day.
0: Thank you for your call. 49216216. Have you got a question for Dr Bob?
5: Well, it's a, well a comment about what your uh, expert talked about, the foods you should not give your dogs. Yep. Um, one of them was, she mentioned you shouldn't give your dogs uh, garlic. Yep. Now, I buy biscuits which have garlic and kelp in it, the dog biscuits, you know, the baked ones. Yep. And i found that since I've been giving my dogs, and I've been on them now for about two and a half years, I have not had one flea. And I've been told that the reason why I don't get fleas on them is because fleas do not like garlic in the blood.
2: It's, um, yeah, it would be at a very low dose, though, so what we're talking yeah, about I is... Yeah, well, that's,
5: that but I do give my dogs... Garlic. That's the only garlic they do get is what's yep. in those biscuits that I buy from the pet barns. And, as long and the as... other thing is that I want to talk about is, is uh, coconut oil. Now I have a bitch which is very prone to hot spots and I, and I, uh, and I found out that if I was to give her a little scraping of, peanut, of uh, coconut oil in her food, it helps clean them up.
0: Now, what Alan is talking about, Cheryl Shaw mentioned a little earlier on that coconut oil shouldn't be eaten by dogs, but, but obviously Alan's got a, d- a different thought. What's your way in there, Dr Bob?
2: The- it, big thing is that it's about dose rate. So if it's just a little bit, it's not too bad. Um, same as chocolate, really. If you have a little bit of chocolate for the dog, it's okay. But if a smaller dog, like a poodle, mini poodle, was to eat a half a block of Cadbury chocolate, then it's going to be potentially lethal. So no, I've, it's, got, I've uh, got a I've got a hound.
5: Yeah. And and I, I, I buy the um, the coconut oil and generally it's hard, and I, I use a teaspoon and I just scrape some off and mix it in with a, a tea at night.
2: Yeah, just a little bit would be okay, but you don't yeah, see many bassets around wouldn't these even days.
5: It would be a, um, a, a teaspoonful.
3: Yeah, for some dogs it can actually cause an upset in the stomach and diarrhoea, so as long as that's not happening to your no, dog. No, it
5: hasn't happened to her, no, no, no. And I've been doing it now for about oh, three or four months now and it, it seems to be working for her.
0: Okay, well, you've got some good ideas and obviously certain things are working, so that's great news, Alan. 49216216, we love to hear from you. We love your thoughts, just like Alan's given us. It, it does, um, you know, create good conversation as well. We've got Tony from Edgeworth. Now, <laughs> you've been trying to catch a cat. Is that right, Tony? Are you thinking about catching a cat? No, I've tried. I've even had to go and have a tetanus shot after one attempt of catching her. Oh, wow. Um, That's dedication. Yeah. T- tell us what's I mean, going on. This is a stray cat.
1: It's a stray cat. I'm assuming it's a she because my male cat doesn't mind her, whereas he doesn't like other cats.
2: Other males, um, yeah. Yeah,
1: she's, she's only little, um, but I'm pretty sure she's fully grown, but very skittish. She'll... She'll actually eat out of my hand, but if I go to grab her, or I move slightly if I'm standing up, or if she hears a noise, she will just
2: take off. The big thing about... I mean,
1: she'll be be back 30 seconds later. Yeah.
2: The big thing about strays, um, Tony, is that if they're really little and kittens, before about eight weeks to two months of age... They're reasonably able to get used to people and we're able to, um, it's called kindling, you actually, yeah, stroke them, pat them, get them used to handling just in small five, ten second lots. If they're older, it takes longer to get used to people and it is...
1: Well, the thing
2: is she had a collar on when she arrived. Oh, okay. So it may be that she's had some bad experience and she her GPS locator system is not working properly, she doesn't know how to get home. And so she thinks that, yeah, if there's some food around... She... But, yeah, trying to catch a cat is pretty difficult, hence the feral cat problem that we have in, the, uh, in Australia with uh, them killing native animals. So they can become very specialised in what they will eat and can actually decimate a particular native animal population. So if you can, um, just gradually encourage her to get closer and closer. As you said, don't move too much move very slowly, calm voice and just talking to it very gently. You may be able to win its trust and then maybe um, stroke its head to shoulder just with a a spoon or something, just something very small that you can sort of stroke and then that way at least you're a little bit of a distance from the lethal um scratching <laughs> and biting weapons and and then then you use your hand and then maybe a towel or a net or something, but yeah. Any if you do that too fast it's a real problem. So with any of the well, catching the, the
1: towel
4: was when I got scratched, actually. Yes, I tried yeah. with a towel,
2: but when I got scratched. I mean
4: she'll let
1: me patter occasionally. Yep and I'll Really
2: late at night. Yeah, and I, think, I, I can't put you in a carry case all that time. No, um, just.
1: But I was hoping there might be something herbal or something I can get her to, yeah, you know, make her a bit sleepy not, or, not
2: really. <laughs> unfortunately, um, the, it's just gradually doing what you're doing. S- uh, gradually okay. getting her used to you, and the more that little bit of handling, the more she trusts you. But it is that cats like this are also much more able to develop friendships with women rather than men. Um, men, to she stos- likes
4: men. Oh, she
1: Don't
2: likes she your likes husband men. too. Yeah. I haven't
4: got
0: a, I haven't got a husband. Otherwise, I'd give it to him. Um. <laughs> Well, look, I just think it's lovely that, uh, Tony, you, you care and you're trying so much. Yeah, that's lovely. 49216216. Maybe that'll get her husband. Here, yeah. it comes, <laughs> comes with a cat. There you go. <laughs> We've got uh, Tom from Edgeworth. Tom, how can Dr. Bob help you today?
5: Uh, I was just wondering. I've got a uh, Pomeranian and I've got a Cross Labrador. And uh, both of them like uh, lemonade fruit. You know, they... Lemonade trees. Yep, and uh, but they just eat them. They just like
2: eat them. One of the funniest things I've ever seen was a, a staffy um, that would go out into the yard, grab the lemons off the tree, and just bite them and shake them, and all this drool would spray from one side of the fence to the other. <laughs> and the staffy thought it was great. But if it did swallow that, then that's when you can get some problems. So a little bit is okay, but not too much. And I'd actually probably fence it so that they're not actually getting all the bit the the, the fruit that's old and falls to the ground, because yeah. that's when it, they can overdose.
5: Oh yeah, because she loves them. She dissects them and just uh, <laughs> eats the flesh away. Wow. Go on. and and she loves um, uh, ripe tomatoes. Yeah, um,
2: yeah, yeah. not ripe, too bad. But the green okay, ones, yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: The ripe tomatoes are fine, but no green. She's very oh, healthy,
0: isn't she? She likes oh, the
5: fruit. She, she, Yes, she's a beautiful dog. Yeah, and also I was wondering about um, the little Pomeranian. He's got a little bit of constipation, and he, um, he, I was told by a vet to give him that metal muesli.
2: Metamucil from the chemist, yeah. psyllium husks. Yeah, that's one of the other things you can use apart from bran or oil or margarine. But be very careful of the dose again. Don't give too much, otherwise Mm. you'll end up with the opposite problem and that puts the bowel into a bit of a yeah crisis sort of situation. Uh, As Cheryl said before, a bit of natural yogurt sometimes helps to get a better biomass a normal bacteria flora in the bowel and that helps with that constipation. Also being a POM, be careful that it's not chewing its fur too much. And actually, getting fur balls and, and vomiting that back up, especially with the lemonade fruit as well, uh, be careful because it's smaller and therefore the dose of the lemonade is is higher in a smaller dog, so it might be more dangerous. Yeah,
3: and some pumpkins really good, isn't it, Doctor Bob?
2: Pumpkin, yes, yes. for um, yeah, passing yeah. and reducing constipation. Yeah. That's yeah. true. I'd forgotten about the yeah, pumpkin. Some pumpkin. Oh, I never thought about it's that. Didn't
3: work. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Thank you. Hey,
0: why don't you whip up some pumpkin soup? Oh, oh well.
2: yes, please.
0: Yeah. We'll pop around too, just for fun. That's a good idea.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Tom.
0: Taking your calls, 49216216. We're talking pet chat. Now, Dr. Bob, we, we didn't get to it the other week um, because we had so many calls, which was fabulous, but we're looking at aggression, aggression in our animals.
2: The big thing is to look and see the symptoms, so the body language. So often they will freeze before they are going to go off and do something. So if you see them strolling along happily, wagging their tail and everything moving in a relaxed way, and they suddenly tighten up, So either you see in cats or dogs, you see the legs will tighten, the body gets a bit higher. Uh, They might, in cats, yeah, fluff themselves up a bit so they look a bit bigger. In dogs, you might see the hackles either at the top on the shoulders or at the um, base on the rump, or it might be just all the way down, a thin line or a thick line. Uh, Watching to see whether they're actually showing their teeth the big thing with aggression is that because we're yeah, another metre taller than them, often we don't see those little warning glares mm-hmm. or the death stare or that little bit of show of a teeth. I'm just doing a show now. She's yeah, I'm getting Not scared. responding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's watching carefully. The tail may be straight out the back, it might be straight up or curled over the top, like in a, a Malamute type um, position or if it's really tucked underneath. So you can have a fearful animal that can be actually, I think, is more unpredictable than okay. the all-out forceful in-your-face sort of barking and growling and So they're rushing giving you a you.
0: warning sign. They're basically saying, back off.
2: That's it. And so give them more space. Stand behind something, partial barrier, table or towel or pillow. See what happens. Sometimes you'll be able to see what might be stirring them up. And please be aware that if you're watching telly, that can be one of the things that can happen. State of origin, a lady said that their dog was getting um, really distressed about oh, her, was them was jumping Queensland up and de- winning. No, 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 New <laughs> South Wales won last you know, two weeks ago, and so the dog was getting so distressed because the owner was bouncing around a bit more than normal. Wow, yes,
0: yes so, yeah, a lot more yelling, I guess, as well, yeah, and, yeah. and so cheering. And
2: some animals will be like this one, sitting up on its haunches, like, um, and like a mere and that are getting really worried. The other thing is that they may actually come over to you start grabbing at your shoes or your clothes or actually showing their teeth or actually snapping in the air just a a, you know half a i was going to say half a foot but that's in the old money so 15 millimeters or or no 15 centipedes (laughs) and so just a bit away from you and then they will get closer and closer they can actually nip at you to sort of let you know that they're not happy with what's going on. Sure. Same with aggression to other animals. They might actually not be able to get to them on a walk. They can't get to them, so they redirect the aggression to you. So often people say that the dog starts nipping at their, their pants or at their legs because it gets frustrated, doesn't know how to get rid of it, and actually takes it out on the owner. So you've got to be very careful. Watch closely.
0: Dr. Bob, t- two questions on that. One, does does aggression escalate with animals i ask you this because i I remember having a conversation with you years ago about my little one max you know we're trying to teach him how to respect a dog and being gentle and i said at that point gizmo has started to growl um and it has escalated now where thank goodness max has sort of passed that but gizmo was starting to nip and it seemed to build is that something that can happen
2: it certainly can be because the animal gets a little bit more worried the warning signs that it's giving to the person because we have to try and interpret their body language we're not picking it up especially with a young child all children under 10 should always be supervised around all pets and so the more the animal is trying to I guess warn the person off and the less they take those hints it has to wind up its threats yes Um, some animals will do that slowly over time Others uh, are just going to lash out straight away. So they're not actually going to give you any of these warnings. Okay. So they will mask all of the things that are happening inside them until they actually launch and bite. So they're the ones, as I said, with dogs are a bit fearful. You're just not quite sure. Are they really just anxious or is it fear, aggression? So yes. it's because
0: uh, I remember you saying as well, it's good that he's growling. like yes, he's, giving he's more, letting you know. Yeah, he's, and my second question was... <laughs> And a lot of people will Uh-oh. probably get cranky at me for this. <laughs> as we get older, we seem to uh, have a shorter few. So yes. I might be generalising, but we seem to be getting more grumpy. Um, now,
1: No, we don't. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> and I think this is happening with my little yes. gizmo as well. My husband went to move him the other day and he growled at Sean.
2: How old is gizmo now?
0: <laughs> 13.
2: We think they're in senior years after seven so at 13 he will have some dementia symptoms he will have osteoarthritis he will have some kidney and heart problems so the same as older people it's that there's bits that are hanging off us that shouldn't be hanging off us oh. and stuff like that And it just makes us less tolerant less patient so with animals the same thing you've got to keep watching as we do as parents we grow up with the children and see what they're going through As the animal gets older they can't walk quite as far and we have to adjust that back down so they're not as sore, not as lame. They might have been able to play with the dog next door when they were younger, but Mm -hmm. now that play turns into snapping much earlier. So limit the time that they get. Don't allow them to get too overtired. And regular checks with your local vet, really important to make sure that, oh, you know, that lump's been there, but yeah, haven't worried about it. If you measure it and you're watching it, then you can get that checked regularly to make sure it's not something that's unpleasant or just checking for underlying medical conditions that can contribute to aggression or or anxiety.
0: Corinne, you've got a question for Dr. Bob. I do. Hi, Dr. Bob.
2: How are you going? How can we help you?
0: I just want to
1: ask you a very quick question, and I hope it's not too silly, but I have um, two gorgeous kittens. They're now seven months old, and I just want to know, I probably could have Googled it, but... um, I just want to know when I can start giving them, like, raw food. Like, if I'm cooking mince and I would like to give them some or chicken, is it okay to give it to them now?
2: That's fine, yes. At seven months of the, age, the big, can they
1: eat anything?
2: The big thing is just using a, a, a good dry food, good quality, because you know they're not substituting things, and the cheaper ones mean that it can be a bit of an issue there and, and they can get up unsettled tummies, but... Most yeah. foods, just try a little bit of it to see how they go. Cats yeah. do love to graze. So putting yeah. a little bit of the dry food on an elevated refuge, put a little bit in a cardboard box down here, a little bit on a, on the um, scratching oh, post or on yeah, the windowsill. Yeah. So they're yeah. exploring in the the house. Cats, yeah. if you keep them inside, I think it doubles their lifespan because if they're outside, misadventure, getting into fights, hit by car, snake, yeah. tick, all that sort of thing... But if yeah. they're inside, then we have to provide appropriate environmental enrichment. Give them something mm-hmm. for their brains to focus on that is good, mm-hmm. not evil. So it's um, yeah, it keeps them out of the rubbish bin and all that sort of thing. So, But, yeah, kittens, just try them on a little bit of new food, see how they go. Not as keen to eat the veggies and the fruit as dogs might be because cats are more obligate carnivores. They need meat to survive. Good call. 49216216.
0: Elizabeth from Dora Creek, you've got a question today.
1: Yes, I was wondering if you could tell me, I've got a little um, silky, she's 13 years old this year. Yep. She has, um, well, I call them age yes, on her, you know, like a warty type thing. Can I do anything for these?
2: not really it's just the same as people as long as with lumps and bumps if they change size if they change color if they change the margins around them if they change consistency if they just look a bit different that's when you need to get them checked by your local vet but if they're just little skin tags or as you said wart like um lumps that's not too bad but it's still good to have a record at the vet of how big they were last time so you can see whether they are actually growing or not and i actually measure them and write that down on the history so that i know what they're like or if someone else sees the animal instead of me so if they're looking a bit worried the big problem with older dogs is if they start scratching at them or they bite at them or um, they're rubbing them if they're underneath then they can actually get a bit ulcerated a bit sore Uh, try and just keep them clean maybe an ice cube just to take a bit of the inflammation and irritation away But if it starts to look more inflamed and red, then you need to get down to your local vet to see whether it's important to remove it or whether just um, keeping a a bandage or a a dressing on it for a little while will help it to settle down. So watch closely if you're worried, get it checked. Uh, If not, yeah, or you can write them down and measure them as well and see how they're growing and what's going on.
0: Now, I believe we've got Mary from Mayfield. How can Dr Bob help you, Mary?
2: Hello. Mary seems to be off doing something else at the moment.
0: Yes, she does. Mary, are you there? You're on. You're on there. Yes. yes, I am here.
2: How can I help you, Mary?
4: I have a little lorikeet, and I was listening to what you say. You can't give dogs and everything. Yep. And our little lorikeet just loves lettuce with a little bit of mayonnaise and turkey roll I have a little bit of turkey, <laughs> and she likes a little bit of. Um, hash brown
2: and things like that. Does it all have to give her (laughs) that? That's fine. As long as she she doesn't start singing the ads, it's okay. (laughs) Um, But it's, yeah, as long as it's little bits, it's fine, Mary, because um, really, yes, we like to give our uh, dogs and cats um, particular dry foods and in birds the particular seed and proprietary mix, so we know they're getting all their vitamins and minerals, but... I think that, yeah, the added extra bits are what make them um, enjoy it, and certainly for little lorikeets, just if you've got some grass that's growing a bit long, just the seeding grass, just wrap a few of them together, stick them in the side of the cage, gives them something to do. Yeah, chickweed,
3: they love chickweed. Chickweed, yep. Mm. And
2: a little bit of, uh, yeah, a little bit of uh, a um, stick with a bit of bark on it, so they can pull the, the bark off, a little bit of cardboard, so you've got things for them to do because really, you know, they can fly for incredible distances, they can explore and remember places where the best food is. So if they're just stuck in a cage, we need to give them as many things to do as we can.
4: No, she gets out for, um, for a fly during the day, but she's got um, cardboard on the floor. Good. And she's got the um, tree things for purchase,
0: you know, like Excellent. different
2: sizes. Great. Yes. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, it sounds fun at Mary's house. It doesn't does, yeah, yeah. Getting out for a good, free flight, every so food, often. That's good good fun. I like yeah. it. we'll have time for just one more call in a minute. Before we do that, though, we need to look at our pet of the week. And um, this this man has been around for for a while in foster care. They're having trouble getting Heath fostered, and I've got to say, by far, he's my favourite at oh, the moment. Oh, he's cute. He's absolutely beautiful. He looks so upset in this photo. Dr. Bob, he looks so upset in this photo. Heath is a four-year-old male, border collie cross. Very timid and shy towards people and dogs at first, but he does warm up. He's very playful. He loves a good belly scratch, as does Dr. Bob, I've been told. And he likes playing with... Who told you that? (laughs) He loves playing with his toys. He is looking for um, a foster care with... Oh, he's in foster care at the moment with two other dogs. Now, he gets along fine with those, um, and he would love a playmate at his forever home. So training, um, he's a pretty smart boy training's been very easy with him at this stage he's toilet trained and he would love the chance to show you his warm nature so if you're interested in heath and look he really looks like someone's put baby in the corner He's, he's just sitting in the corner with his little head down. You can go check it out at 2 for more information. And if you are in a position uh, to adopt Heath, all the details are on there. Now, look, I think we've got time for one more call. Let's go to Liz from Cardiff. Liz, hello. You've got a question for Dr. Bob. Lucky last today. Oh, yes, I have. Thank you. Um, yes, I've just got
1: a question about um, the dog next door. Um, It's really quite aggressive and whenever I come out onto my balcony or walk down my driveway, um, this dog lunges at the Colobond fence. It's put dents all up and down the fence and um, it jumps and tries to get over the fence.
2: Yes. Um, If you can safely talk to your neighbour, and sometimes the neighbours aren't very aware of what the dog's doing, um, but if you don't feel safe to do so, then it might be best to ring uh, the local ranger so they can go and assess the situation to see whether there is an issue. The big problem with uh, dogs like that is that they can, if they do get out, can cause some serious damage. And we've had a few of those incidents in the last year or two where a dog that is normally contained is... um, is out and about and then with people try and stop it or grab it 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 becomes not very good at all so be very careful try and distract it but talk to the the neighbor if you can but if it's not safe to do so then talk to the ranger because yeah something may happen that's not very good
1: yeah, we've spoken with the uh, ranger and unfortunately it's a, it's a matter of, you know, that nobody can do anything until such times as it mounts the fence and it either you know, attacks somebody or the dog.
2: And, and yeah, it, they and can actually, on the street, if it's a, it can be just menacing. It just has to actually look as though it's going to do something, does not have to actually contact people. But I'm not sure about whether that applies to just inside yards. So I'll have to check on that for you. And
0: do you need evidence of that as well, Doctor Bob? Like, you know, do we need to be filming this, or how?
2: Really, um, yeah, you need another witness there, if possible. But it's yeah, getting written statements and things. So it is very tricky once you get involved in these sorts of things. It is true. Be very safe and careful. Slow and quiet.
0: Thank you, everyone, for your calls today and for joining us with Pet Chat. That's just about it for us, Dr. Bob. Beautiful to have you on, as always. Thank you, Charlie. We will be seeing you or hearing from you in a few weeks' time. That's right. And, Cheryl Shaw, you're back with us next week.
2: Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel.